wanted to talk about the crocodile hunter. Did you? Because I think yeah, yeah you're yeah, gonna yeah, make yeah. him sad. Because I think you know it was it was tragic yes. at the time, but I think. <laughs> I don't know. People calling me, man, they're shocked. Oh, hey, you wouldn't believe it. Who got killed? The crocodile hunter. <laughs> don't, please don't make me laugh at this. This I mean, is not, this is like, not good He was do. 44 years old. I'm like, that's a ripe old age for a crocodile hunter. <laughs> that's not... You know who had to be pissed about it were the crocodiles, because uh, he got killed by some fruity fish. And, uh, it's alive! I don't know what the hell's in there, but it's weird and pissed off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man! Game over! What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. It's weird to start on a bit of a somber note, given that Norm Macdonald died today. Mm-hmm. Poor fella. <laughs> and I, I got to admit, I got up and I, I, I saw your post that Norm Macdonald had died. And my first thought was, ah, oh, it's the bartender from Juice Bigelow. <laughs> was he in Juice Bigelow? He, well, for like 48 seconds, um, Juice Bigelow like didn't want to like, he wanted to like return a drink when he realized it cost $10. Um, so Norm McDonald told him that if he didn't pay for the drink, he would Stick the swizzle stick in his pee hole. <laughs> I can just imagine in that Norm Macdonald timber as well. I'll mm. stick the swizzle stick in your pee hole. So, yeah, that I was like, oh, that guy died. Yeah, he's that guy? Yeah. I think to a lot of people he's that guy. All the comedians in the world are jumping up and down. Obviously, because, you know, he was a huge thing. A lot of people in my generation, though, are mm. just kind of like, oh, I better jump on board this one. This feels like a grief train I need to be on. Oh. Choo-choo. Awkward. Oh, oh, don't you mean (laughs) boo-hoo. (laughs) Boo-hoo. There's a whole bunch of people in their early 20s like going, oh, Valet, Norm Macdonald. Like, you don't fucking know who Norm Macdonald was. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Like, literally, if I wasn't like the kind of retrobate who had seen Juice Bigelow, male gigolo, I I wouldn't have no idea who he was. I gotta be honest. Yeah, I'm yeah. like you know. I mean, it's it, you know, and I, I, I'm sure he's very much loved by his family and friends, and they'll miss him. But yeah, well, the only person that won't miss him is John Lovitz, I think, because he and John Lovitz had this strange feud going for for decades. Oh, really? Tell me more. Oh no! Look, it was just completely random. Like any time he was, he didn't really do any sketch stuff that I saw about it. But when he was being interviewed, he would like just tee off on John Lovitz. Like, look at the pictures of him out there, fat bastard playing tennis with a model. Like, I don't know. I don't know whether they had this beautiful friendship that allowed them to do that, or he mm. genuinely hated John Lovitz. I what I know of uh, stardom. Yeah. I guarantee one of them, I'm not saying which one, one of them kicked this off by shitting in the other one's dressing room. Oh, really? 
Uh, that's what I'm just guessing. Okay. <laughs> like I have, uh, don't run to like the front page of Variety. I'm, if I had to make an educated guess, what started this feud off? It's usually because somebody shat in or on somebody's things. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> Some friends of mine who played in a punk band um, did. They did something very punk, and they mm-hmm. took it. So they were supporting No FX mm-hmm. here in Adelaide mm-hmm. uh, at a place that's now long no, it's not open anymore called the Heaven Nightclub. Mm. And they <laughs> they got kicked out of the venue for drinking all of NoFX's beers because mm. you get a, you get a tour rider, of course. Yeah. So they're they're drinking all the beers, and NoFX are not very happy that they're now going to have to go and buy their own beers. Mm-hmm. That's really not cool for millionaires to have to do. Yeah. So as a parting gift, my friend took a shit in their bin. That's what, see, this is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you know that's it. Like you're banned from the rest of the tour. You're not going to be able to support NoFX anymore. And it's like. Wow, really? Like that's that's really unpunk. Like, surely if someone shits in your bin and you're in a punk band, you're in your forties, you're like, hey, okay, respect. Yeah, like, yeah. When we open the mafia books. <laughs> yeah, you know what? If you, uh, you know what? If you are getting annoyed about somebody shitting on your thing, yeah, you're not punk anymore. You're really not. You're not punk. You need to just be like, oh, that's it. I need to just, you know, do up my old, I don't know, peg leg, um, get on my penny farthing and ride down to Social Security and collect my old person check. That's what you need to do because you ain't punk anymore. No, you're steampunk if you've got a penny farthing. No. Oh. <laughs> fat Mike from NoFX is on Cameo. Can you, how unpunk is that? Pay Fat Mike fifty dollars to begrudgingly wish you happy birthday. I, I, I don't know. I don't know who No Effects are. Oh really? No. I thought we were about the same age. No, <laughs> old man. Oh my god! I'm like a hundred years younger than you. Oh my god. What what what? Sing me a tune. What did they do? Uh, well, they they had a lot. They had a bunch of stuff. Probably their most famous song would one be called uh, "Leave It Alone," which is uh, it's just Southern California skate punk. They're, it's um, no. what, is, what do they call them? They're, they're a Mexican dude, um, white trash, and two Jewish guys. They actually had an album called Two Heaps White Trash and a Bean." Oh. Yeah. And yeah, you know, no. they, were, they you know they drink too much and they've got dreadlocks and like you know Fat Mike's got pink hair even though he's in his fifties and. Yeah, yeah, this sounds great. Yeah, look, I can't believe I haven't checked this out. When I was 16 and skateboarding, they mm. were amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, Pennywise, them, uh, fucking all those all those skater punk type bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm. then Avril Lavigne came out and stole our hearts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So wrong on so many levels. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So, so like, they're, of- they're like Dirty Green Day. That's what I'd call them. Yeah. Yeah, Dirty Green Day. So basically a lot of things have happened to people that I don't know or care about. (laughs) Pretty much. This week. Yeah. Woo! (laughs) Excellent. Okay. Excellent. Um, What did I do this week? Um, Oh, I don't know. I had a nice sandwich the other day. Did you? That was quite nice. Was it a shit sandwich? (laughs) Did someone, someone, (laughs) some young punk ruin your sandwich? No, and I, you know what, I wouldn't have caused a fuss because I am still young enough to punk. Exactly. You've got to respect someone who can actually get it into between two slices. Oh my God. (laughs) Or is it like the subway, like the old school subway where they used to cut out the trench? 
oh. instead of cutting the bread in half. Well, I was going to say the other thing as well is that I mean that's the that's the actual test as well. If you've still got like the strength enough in your knees that you can form a squatting position over a bin, you know, good on you. Yeah. You know, it's just I bet you, Mister Big Fat. That Hunt might. couldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't have the knee power to squat over a bin anymore. There's a there's a reality show I want to see. <laughs> the Biggest Loser. Show me your shit and squat. <laughs> you haven't got it anymore, old man. Oh my god! See, I have the advantage, cause, and you would you you'd back me up here because I think it's one of the benefits of growing up country. Yeah, I could be like 200 years of age. And like all my bones would be broken, but I'd still be able to get into a squat position to have a poo. Yeah, absolutely. Because country, that's what you got to do all the time. Okay. Both answering at the same time. Yeah. How many times have you had to shit somewhere public on the way in from the pub? <laughs> Three, two, one. Twice. Never, you animal. <laughs> <laughs> twice. Oh, I'm surprised it's only twice for you. The first time was on a racetrack. Oh, God. And they have to do a track inspection in the morning before every race, of course, because you can't have the poor horsey yeah. put its foot into a, a divot and snap its leg and have to get shot. And they were like, what could the all hell they have they been feeding All they would have found, because I lost, I was pretty drunk, so yeah. I lost most of the contents of my wallet, a shoe and a sock. Oh, God. So it was like a crime scene. <laughs> It was like a it was like a terrible suicide. Someone oh. had laid out their wallet with their ID on the ground, and there's a turd. It's like <laughs> the worst episode of CSI ever. <laughs> Rub that on your gums, iced tea. <laughs> mm, tastes like regret. Okay, so okay, one was on a, a racetrack. Where was the second one? On the steps of the Commonwealth Bank. Oh, well, you know, to take that capitalism. There was no protest. I just there was nowhere else to go. <laughs> Actually, no, there's three. Mm. Um, the other one was behind my old place of employment when I lived in Port Augusta because mm. we had an outside toilet. The, the company was the stingiest bunch of people in the world. Uh-huh. And um, so they wouldn't, they wouldn't buy a proper toilet for the, for the work. So we had like this thing from the 1950s inside mm. a concrete box with like a door that didn't close properly. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, really great for professional staff having yeah. people come over to do interviews when you're working for a newspaper and go, can I use the toilet? It's like, yeah, there's a... Spider shed out the back. There might be Mick from fucking Wolf Creek in it, sharpening a bloody machete. <laughs> and I will need to come and hold the door shut for yeah. you. Yeah, just whistle loudly so no one can hear you grunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there was that. Yeah. Anyway, I I was very very drunk on my own one night because I used to every weekend I would leave the town mm. and go back to Adelaide to hang around with real people instead of staying there and wasting my early twenties on wife beaters and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, one night I, I had to stay in the town for some reason on a weekend mm. and I just decided to go and buy the cheapest booze I could. So I got like a $20 oh, bottle of vodka. Oh, God. And the only thing I could mix with it was what I found at the supermarket was a discounted, out-of-date two-litre bottle of um, grapefruit juice. Oh, God. So I drank all the vodka and all the grapefruit juice and then decided to walk into town to go to the bar. And uh, I didn't make it to the bar, but I did make it to the toilet behind our work. And I befouled it so epically oh. that it was sealed off on Monday and they decided that they were sick of all these vagrants in town <laughs> coming by and using the toilet out the back of our office and it was a disgrace and we wouldn't get a new toilet. So my alcoholism and Ill- inability to toilet myself at four in the morning on a Friday night mm. got us a new toilet. Oh, 
Oh, I thought you could say like health fueled a campaign of hate that had the homeless people, no. <laughs> you know, driven out of town and beaten. I'd be like, shame. They on were you. doing that anyway. Shame. I just monetized it. Oh, it's like it's like the CEO sleep out, but but my version of. It. <laughs> oh my! Well, actually, oh my god! Since starting yesterday, I have. I'm I'm gonna be honest. Oh my lord. I let I've I've eaten something bad. Yeah. Let's just say my bot T bot. <laughs> I made the rougarous all night. Oh really? I made the rougarous all night. <laughs> oh my god! Went to the that, toilet and oh, oh, oh. <laughs> just like ah. There's <laughs> a rougarou by the shed scaring <laughs> my chickens. Yeah. Oh my god! There was a point where even I had to get up and walk out of the room because I disgusted myself. Oh no. You had that moment of like, what have you been eating? <laughs> oh my god, it was not. It was it was out of this world. I tell you. I'm guessing food poisoning must be rare for a vegan because, but no, you can still get botulism from a bunch of shit. Can't oh, you, you know, it's, you, we usually don't though. Because everything's deep fried and reconstituted. Delicious. And, yeah, I'm, no, I'm yeah. not saying it's not. <laughs> but you know, you don't have the high risk chicken and meats no, that have been reprocessed. No. And, yeah, we don't have that grossness. And then usually as well, whatever goes in us is like usually out of us <laughs> in a couple of hours, so it doesn't have the chance to like set up home. It's like a disappointingly expensive ride. <laughs> Oh, it's oh. done. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you know, swings and roundabouts. Swings and roundabouts. What can you do? My, yeah, my week was as interesting as yours, it sounds. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, what else happened? Um, wow. Can you, I think that's one of the highlights of my life, like this week. Um, yeah. Having it? diarrhea. Yeah, wow. it was not a it was not a high action week. I'm going to be honest. Come on, you came to a comedy gig where we had to call the police. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's true. There was some dodgy looking bloke up last. <laughs> it was John. He was terrible. Was. Yeah. Oh my god. Like oh my god. <laughs> yeah, that was that. We had a bit of excitement at the gig. Yeah, we did. There's a guy who, um, and I won't name him, of course, but there's a guy who's got a bit of an ongoing issue with. Uh, Several comedians in the local scene, and he's obsessed with the movie The Joker, and he's mm. made he's, he's made overt threats now to stab people. Oh, uh, like particular people, or just yeah, particular particular people within the local comedy scene. Okay, and um, he's he's got a barring order mm. from the venue, and he turned up. Oh, awkward! He turned up dressed as the Joker. <gasps> you didn't tell me he was dressed as the Joker. Yeah, he was dressed as the Joker. Oh my god. Like not have been upstairs like watching fucking like shitty like trying comedians. I would have been downstairs to watch a guy coming to a comedy theater dressed as the Joker. Well, yeah, you could watch people dying on stage or potentially people dying outside the venue. Yeah, that'd be great. He's one of those people that like I don't think he's particularly really dangerous, but you just don't want to take the risk. (laughs) Yeah, no. Anyone who's coming to a comedy gig like dressed as the Joker. I suppose after making overt threats to stab people. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. It's like... But shout out to the SA Police Service. Mm. 45 minutes to turn up to the venue after I phoned them. And they're one street away. Nice. I should have said he was black. (laughs) Yeah. He would have been there in fucking seconds. Fucking like SWAT team. Oh my God. Well, I guess, yeah. They were like... They were, you know, just assessing the threat level on, you know, their colour chart. (laughs) Of like, you know, red... Orange, 
black. What makeup? He's white. <laughs> Green, white. white. Oh, creamy white. No, oh, it's fine. Just let me. What could go wrong? <laughs> Is he shitting on the steps of a bank? No, nope, it'll be fine. <laughs> oh my lord. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Egan, do any more comedy gigs soon? Yeah, as they come up, yeah, because I co-run that room. Okay. So that's the idea. Get okay. Out. Oh, you're not one of the ones he wants to stab, are you? No, I'm not. I don't think so. He hasn't named me. <laughs> if he's the one person in there, say, who listens to this yeah. podcast, he might be now. <laughs> well, you haven't been that. Well, that's like it. it always, um, it, it's always made me laugh because you know everyone always talks about. Obviously, you know we have the expression "going postal" because it's from, uh, you know, guy worked at the postal service. Um, you know, basically just went into work, went on a rampage, fucking, you know, killed everybody. Yeah. Um, now, people always talk about, because there was one person who was fine. The day before he went on his rampage, he actually went to one of his co-workers, the only co-worker that he liked, the only one who he thought was ever, like, nice to him, yeah. was not a complete douchebag. And after work, he actually went up to that one employee and told them not to come into work the next day. Right. Um, I I can't remember exactly what he said. Basically just said, look, you know, it's not going to be pretty tomorrow. Just don't come into work. So, you know, everyone's like, oh, you know, so it's a miracle. So, you know, obviously that person, you know, called in sick the next day, didn't, you know, go into work. And so obviously was not... Uh, you know, hurt along with everybody else. Yeah. So everyone's like, oh my God, it's a miracle. What you need to think about is the fact that... So that guy had one of his other co-workers, okay? Yeah. He, he comes out in a car park to tell him, <laughs> you know what? Don't come into work tomorrow. It's going to be messy. And you know what? That guy... Didn't fucking tell anybody else. <laughs> Brutal. Didn't tell anybody else in the workplace. So he had that bit of information and went, you know what? Fuck him. Yeah, the perfect crime. They really must have been a bunch of cunts. <laughs> because I'm, that's the thing of like office workers, because I was thinking about it. Because I've always said, you know what, you should always be nice. You know, I mean, you should you should always be nice to everybody, and I I you know jokingly say oh, and use that example of why you should always be nice to everybody because you never know when they're going to go postal, yeah, um, and ki- <laughs> and kill everybody else. <laughs> that being said, like I've worked in places like that where I'm oh, like, yeah, yeah, fuck them. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't tell them either. No one can chase me for that project if they're all dead. <laughs> Oh my god, only people who've worked in an office will get this. Everybody else who's never worked in an office. You monsters! Everybody who's worked in an office is like drawing a drink right now and just going, fucking hell yeah. <laughs> well, Bob's got the initiative. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think that's yeah. the tactic. Don't this, go. This office shooting could have been an email, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so, you know, let's raise our glasses to that fucking person who's yeah. out there who fucking knew, didn't say a fucking word. That's that's one step up from the people who win the office pool cross lotto. Yeah. And then just don't show up again. <laughs> there was a guy who did that. He was, no. in, he, was in a, he was in a lotto syndicate with, um, I think, 20 other people he worked with. Yeah. And then just one week just stopped turning up. Yeah. And they're like, what's going on? Like, is, is he okay? And he's like driving a brand new pickup. <laughs> and all this stuff. They're like, what the fuck is going on? 
See, that's just stupidity. If you're going to cover your tracks, like yeah. you've got to at least work for a bit, you know, longer. Yeah, I mean, I reckon you could do it. Yeah, just fake an injury. Yeah, like don't turn like turn up to work a few times, do a few things that are a bit inappropriate. Yeah, maybe grope a male like coworker on the dick. Yeah, like oh, I'm sorry, man, I'm on so many pain meds these days. Like nothing will get you kicked out of an office faster than homophobia. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're gone. Yep. And then, like you know, you just do a bit of do a bit of acting when they see you at a bus stop with a bottle, you know, brrr, like oh, poor old fucking. And then their fucking guilt will get the best of them, and they'll wash you from their memories. And you move to the Gold Coast. Nice, yeah. Cha ching ching. That's Live how you that do. life. Yeah. yeah. Well, player, player. Um. Was I remember there was one people won a syndicate, and it's like you know people had been putting in money, you know, every week for like you know five years. Yeah. Anyway, then a guy like was like, you know what, fuck this. I know there's like there's like a you know there's like ten of us in it. You know what, fuck this. We never win anything. I'm out. Oh no. And it was like a month later they won like the million dollars. No. That fucker tried to demand a share, going, I was in it for like five years, and they're like, no, you were out of it for a month, dude. Fuck yeah. off. And he was all like, oh well, I'll give you the fifty dollars. <laughs> That I would have given you in like payments yeah. and actually took him to court. Oh, motherfucker. And you're like, you're a fucking. Yeah, see, office. Only fucking. You only find those people in offices. Offices. This should be more office shootings. Oh, my God. I'm starting to agree with the dude who turned up to open mic wanting to stab everyone. <laughs> yeah, I had a point, mate. Oh, my God. You're right. I'm just going to show up to the office tomorrow just as the Joker. <laughs> Oh my god! You know what the good thing about the office is? There's so many ways that you could kill other people in your office. Like, forget this. I'm gonna bring out no. You know what? High-powered rifles are for pussies. Adapt, overcome surprise. Like for your environment. Like I, I reckon. Oh, you know what would be really good if you get someone's head. I'm not saying I've got someone in particular, but I have. But if you just jam their head, like smack it. Like into like the top of the photocopier, and then use the top of the photocopier to just oh, fucking just Vinnie slam Jones them. and down and be like, "How fucking hard is it to not fucking leave bits of fucking paper on the fucking top of the bit of the fucking photocopier and they show up on my fucking documents? Fuck you, Jim!" <laughs> Do I need to beep that name at the end? <sighs> That's all good. <laughs> um, Hide in the office, ficus, like a yacha. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> Just get, get a laser pointer. How did they do that fucking noise? Ah. Bongos. Yeah, I can't do it. That's the chopper coming in. Get to the lunch station. <laughs> oh my god! If it bleeds, we can invoice it. <laughs> If it bleeds, it must file an incident report <laughs> and show that to HR before they leave the building. They must make sure that they write down any paracetamol they took from the first aid kit. It is also their job to notify three line managers. Oh. Oh, That's why you just fucking shoot them all. Fuck, I hate office life. <laughs> I know. Oh, this is God. why I make hot sauce and do stand-up. Oh, There's God. no money in it. But what am I going to do, come to work and shoot myself? Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. I'm so at that point. Like, seriously. He's gone Cobain. <sighs> you know what? I am. I told you. I am like, I'm like 
my God. I'm like four months away from that like 10-year sweet spot. Yeah. I want to just hold in to get like my extra weeks of bonus leave. And then fuck you all. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll be in prison, but worth it. Worth it. Worth it. Oh, my God. <sighs> well, you know what? Speaking of... Uh, <laughs> Hiding in the in the bushes and hunting your co-workers. That's quite apt because it actually leads into our topic for the week. Really? I know. What are the chances? Okay. <laughs> <sighs> Fuck, we're ham-fisted at this. Oh, my God. We don't ever script this. We don't even have a plan going in. We just yeah, talk until eventually one of us just goes, oh, we can make that yeah, joke. I know. Yeah. Stick around. It will be funny eventually. <laughs> oh my god, I'm like 40 episodes in. I'm still waiting for that moment. <laughs> oh my god. And this, okay, you know the best, I do the worst Arnold Schwarzenegger impersonations. Oh, I cannot be... do the accent. <laughs> I, I, I can only do the stuff from the Luke Millions. Down, up, down, up. Let's turn that mush into muscle. Oh, my God. The, the only thing is like, I don't know why, but whenever I think Arnold Schwarzenegger, my main is just like, see you at the party, Richter. <laughs> That's so bad. From Commando? Oh, my God. No, Total Recall. Total Recall. Fuck, sorry. He's got Michael Ironside's arms. Oh, that's a- then- <laughs> <laughs> he chopped off on the elevator and he oh, throws it down. Two years it. later when hip-hop became mainstream, he could have gone, uh, throw your hands in the air like you just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Flop. <laughs> oh, if only. If only. Coulda, woulda, shoulda. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. All right, well, this week we find out if the CIA has you pushing too many pencils. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> or are you a goddamn sexual Tyrannosaurus Rex, just like me? Either way, get ready to move out as we head across the border to stop our friends getting squeezed. As this week, we take a look at one of the greatest action movies ever made, Predator. Yay! Or... Get to the chopper! Oh, God. Or, why the 80s gave us all massive boners. Okay. <laughs> I didn't see any boners in Predator. That would have showed up on his night vision. <laughs> the heat. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't say you've never got a hard-on watching, like, Predator. No. Oh, my God. I've got a hard-on watching Predator. I have a hard-on just talking about Predator. Watching an alien murder people? It's so yeah, but that maybe for the what's her name, the the Colombian chick, but <laughs> whatever. Nah. Oh my god, so many guys have had boners to Predator. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> the blood. That's what the sound is. <laughs> Yell the blood. <laughs> Just blood flowing to dicks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my lord. Turn around. <laughs> I don't want to look at your dick. Turn around. Uh, this could be a long night. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what your grandma said. Oh. <laughs> to the predator. Oh, no. Uh. Go on, do it. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's that's the real like origin story of how predators came to this country. They just saw the fucking heat coming off your grandma's badge. <laughs> 
<laughs> Drag that shit from outer space. There would have been plenty of soldiers for him to hunt. <laughs> they were in another galaxy. They were just like, what the hell is that? What's going on? It's the war effort. <laughs> oh, my I really wish we'd programmed the special effects. Oh, my God. In 1987, this film would not so much be released as grab film audiences by the spine, rip it out, pin it on its trophy wall, and become the quintessential action movie that all other action films dream of one day becoming. That's fair. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Spoilers alert. Who the fuck hasn't seen Predator? My son, and he's seven, so he's fine. Yeah, like, oh my god. And also, like, (laughs) there's this, it's just basically, this is just going to be an hour of us having a boner for Predator. (laughs) Just. Just so everyone knows. There's, there, it's not going to be us talking, sh- you know, just like, it's just us having a hard on. Uh, now, the original script was written in 1984 by two brothers, Jim and John Thomas. This was the brothers' first script, so they struggled to even get anyone to look at it. The rumour was they slipped into the 20th century lot and slipped the script under the door of producer Michael LeVay. The script was called... Hunter. Oh. And the rumour would later abound that the script was born from a joke about Rocky IV. There was a joke that Rocky was running out of people to fight and would eventually end up fighting an alien from space. (laughs) Michael LeVay passed the script on to fellow producer Joel Silver. Joel had just been working with a little-known actor you may have heard of called Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mr. Schwarzenegger. On the film Commando and realised how perfectly this could work as a star vehicle for the Austrian. Mm. The original script was actually set in space. Right. Uh, But then that was reworked to be set here on Earth with the alien hunting a solitary man. Silver sent the script to Arnold, but Arnold had reservations as it... um, the script was rewritten to be more about the alien hunting a team of commandos through the jungle, and Arnold was on board. Nice. It was a beefy man action. Next came the task of assembling a badass bunch of commandos that were bad enough and big enough to not be dwarfed by their co-star. Because Arnie's a big... I mean, apart from being a massive muscle guy, he's tall. Oh, my God. Not an... Oh my! I actually i I brought it up on screen and then I actually forgot to like print it out because I was so like like oh my lord the actual records that he has for what he actually he holds all of these world records still yeah um for you know like deadlift jerk lift you know all this kind of things yeah and because I was looking at them and there was like one where it's like basically he could he. With the weight that he lifted, he was essentially like picking up three of me and just throwing me over his head. No shit. And you're just like, how is that even humanly possible? Yeah. Like, it's just, and like when you go back and you watch Predator, like there's scenes where like his arm is like bent and you're like, how, how do you even bend? You're so big. His arm is like, his arm is bent. Oh no, like the bar. No, he, no, no, it's like he's where he's just holding, like he's holding like a cup and yeah. you're just like, how do you bend your arms? Because they're so big. Like, how do you have any motion? Yeah. So he's the same height as me. 
No. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Well. So I thought he was taller. Yeah. Yeah. There He's tall, tall enough. Yeah. Uh, now, Carl Weathers was an obvious choice for the role of Dylan. He had the physicality, the physique, the moustache. Jesse Ventura was hired as Blaine, the minigun operator. Now, before wrestling and acting, Ventura... Ventura had been a member of the U.S. Navy UDT, hmm. or Underwater Demolition Team. Yeah, that predate the Navy SEALs. Yeah, basically, the, yeah, they'd go on to become the Navy SEALs. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. Wait, wait, there's a whole episode just in Jesse Ventura. That guy is fucking incredible. Yeah, oh my God. Well, so that's it. I mean, he already knew how to carry himself. He had the weapons training. He had the attitude. He was also a former, I don't know if this is covered in your notes, mm. so I do apologise. He was a former MC uh, sergeant at arms of the Mongols motorcycle gang. Yeah. His life is insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. So he had no problem fitting in no. this macho set. Um, and, of course, obviously would star with Schwarzenegger in The Running Man, which was actually filmed in the same year. Was it? Yeah. So they, fucking... they did Predator and then they went off and did The Running Man. I, 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 this is a weird thing. I really love the movie treatment of The Running Man, mm-hmm. but I also really love the Stephen King book and they're totally different. Oh. So the two of them, I think, stand alone together. Like seeing fucking Jesse Ventura's workout video in <laughs> Running Man yes. is so good. Like, it's Verhoeven-level fucking satire. It's great. Yeah. Oh, my God. You know what? My um, my only regret is when I see movies of that decade, I really wish they had just put Jeanette Goldstein, who yes. played Vasquez. Oh, I, I would have loved to have seen Oh, And that in Total Recall. God, I wish they had put Jeanette, Goldstein, Jeanette Goldstein in there. Yeah. Oh, she should have just been the chick yeah, in everything in the 80s. Yeah. Like. Oh, can we do a whole episode on her? Yes. I have a hard-on for Jeanette I do too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then uh, they hired Bill Duke, who had also worked with Schwarzenegger on Commando. Ah. So, previously, they were just like, boof, boof, boof. They then hired Sonny Lantham as the tracker Billy. Yeah. Now, (laughs) Sonny was an Indigenous American Indian actor of Cherokee descent. Sonny had also served time in the U.S. Army. He had worked in oil fields, worked as a Baptist minister, worked as a stunt man, a porn star, oh my God. and a model. Whoa. <laughs> Which included a naked spread as the Playgirl centerfold. If you remember back in the 70s, they were actually doing like pinups of naked men. Burt yeah. Reynolds famously did one. Yeah, Sonny Landham was one of those gentlemen. There you go. Mm-hmm. Now, he began acting on the advice of an astrologer, oh, would God. you believe? Yep. And Sonny had stood out playing Billy Bear in the film 48 Hours, which had been released about two years previously. Yeah. But Sonny had some troubles when drinking in the past, shall we say. Oh, okay. Sonny Sonny claimed these were simple misunderstandings by the other people involved and people overreacting to his size and presence. Fair enough. Um, I I actually found an example of this in, oh my God, the things that could only be written in the 80s. There was actually a a newspaper article that was written about Sonny Landon in the 80s and it's called... This Indian calls Manhattan home. Okay. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and in it, he goes to tell the story of basically he was at a hotel. Yeah. And 
one of the employees he feels had tried to jip him out of twenty dollars. So I think like had overcharged him for twenty dollars. Right. Yep. Um. So Sonny tried to point out the mistake, and they were like, "No, nah, you got to see the assistant manager." Yeah. Um. Anyway, so they were like, "Oh, you know, the assistant manager is is busy. There's nothing we can do." So Sonny went back. I was gonna say backstage, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, back behind the counter to see the assistant manager, and the assistant manager told him that he didn't have time for this. So Sonny simply um, grabbed him by the throat and lifted him out of his chair and held him up against the wall with his feet dangling, and said that no, he felt that he had time <laughs> to give him his twenty dollars back. Fair. The police showed up. <laughs> he was. He spent the night in jail and was fined a thousand dollars. So that twenty dollars ended up costing him a thousand dollars. But as Sonny said, it was a matter of principle. There's no word if he ever got refunded for his twenty dollars, but I imagine <laughs> so. <laughs> wow. Now, one rumour is that because of incidents like this, that the insurance providers would only allow Sonny to be hired on the condition that whilst shooting in Mexico. When not on set, Sonny was to be chaperoned by a bodyguard. Right. Not to protect Sonny, but to protect others by ensuring that no other misunderstandings occurred. Well. Oh, the 80s was a different time. What a beautiful thing. (coughs) (laughs) And the, the cast is assembled. Ooh. Or was it? I think we're missing one of the most important (laughs) cast members. The Predator himself. Oh, dear. (laughs) Now, don't be fooled. Be it US military army boots or Predator alien body suits, the lowest bid gets the contract. Oh, yes. And the Predator special effects were no different. Originally, the design of the Predator suit went to Richard Endland of his newly created Boss Film Studios. Rich's brand new company would go on to produce effects for legendary movies such as Ghostbusters and Big Trouble in Little China. But this was one of their first productions for the new company. Yeah. And the creature they designed was... I'm trying to think of a polite way to say completely shit. It's like Angry Zoidberg. Oh, it's, it's just... It's unappealing. And it looks... It looks clumsy. Yeah. It looks like you would you would laugh at it in gym class. Yeah. And it has a head that looks somewhere between a dog and a duck. And it had been injured in a terrible accident. And now it lives on a pension in a trailer home. <laughs> not, not the intergalactic hunting apex predator the writers and directors had envisioned. No, I mean, if it lives in a trailer park, it's definitely a predator of a different kind. (laughs) Yes. Mm. Now, the studio put out a call for a new alien creature and costume. The legendary effects artist Rick Baker, who did creature effects for The Thing, won for an Academy Award for American Werewolf in London, um, submitted a bid. But the film's director, John McTiernan, began talks with Hollywood effects icon Stan Winston. Yeah who Arnie had worked with on The Terminator. Stan Winston was on a plane flying to Fox to discuss the project. He was sitting next to my personal hero, James Cameron. 
And James Cameron was watching Stan sketching out ideas for the Predator. Yeah. And Cameron leaned over and said that he'd always wanted to see an alien with mandibles. So Stan ran with that idea and created the iconic look of the Predator we see today. Now, originally, the role inside the suit of the first creature (laughs) was given to Hollywood newcomer, a completely unheard of Jean-Claude Van Damme. Now, you originally told me about this like many a week ago and I could not believe it. We will put up the footage um, on our website. Yeah. Jean-Claude must have been so excited when his agent told him that he had the title role of the Predator in a genuine Hollywood blockbuster. Only to arrive in Mexico to find he had no lines and no one would ever see his face. He was only there to wear a rubber costume and was not required to do the splits between a pair of trucks at any stage. Jean-Claude was pissed and miserable. And any of the few photos of him on set expresses that quite convincingly. Yeah. He's so fucking angry in the photos. You can just imagine him trying to get some lines in. Oh! Just, just yelling them. <laughs> Hoping they make the <laughs> What did you say? <laughs> Shut up, rubber suit man. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, oh no! Actually, it's so funny. One of the uh, one of the shots that was actually used with Jean Claude in the red rubber suit actually made it into the Predator no, film. Really? Where you know they put the the special effect on and it sort of gets you know blurred out for the camouflage. Yeah. It's actually it's, it's just it's like it's like a t- it's like two seconds, if that, of where basically where the Predator um, uh, grabs. Um, Oh, who is it? Is it Hawkins? And just grabs his body, yeah, uh, and just drags it away. Yeah, that that actually was that's Jean-Claude. Van Damme. That's Van Damme. Oh. So he kind of made it into Predator. <laughs> uh, oh no, the suit was in fact so cumbersome. They realized that they would never get the elegant shots they dreamed of the Predator effortlessly gliding through the trees from vine to vine. So someone had an idea. This is obviously before Stan Winston showed up and fixed it. So this is with the red lobster suit, man. Disabled duck. Someone had an idea. Problem was it wasn't a good idea. Oh, no. Someone came up with the idea of creating a miniature alien suit and putting it on a monkey. (laughs) What? (laughs) And having the monkey swing from branch to branch. There's some old, old fucking, there's some old fucking lighting assistant who's just like, hey man, I worked on every which way but loose. You want to fucking solve a problem, you get a monkey. Fucking monkey, mate. You get a fucking monkey. They can tear the door off a pickup. You get a fucking monkey. Here in Mexico, I know a guy, he have, he'd have monkey hair, two hours, tops. It fucking turns up, it's a donkey. <laughs> Oh my god! When I first read it, I was like, "Fuck off, internet! You are fucking with me." And I literally spent like the rest of this I did in five minutes. The rest of it was me spending a week trying to find something to back up this story. <laughs> and I'm just me going, "A fucking monkey!" 
There's always that guy who's just a monkey. Oh it's like, God. shut up, Jerry. Your brother runs a monkey rental house. <laughs> Nobody wants your fucking monkeys. Oh my We're God. not using a monkey for Titanic. We're not using a monkey for Gone with the Wind. I'm the king of the... <laughs> <laughs> Where does it say in the script that they fling shit off the bow? <laughs> oh. But the monkey, much like Jean-Claude, hated his little monkey suit and would go into mad rages and rip off the little costume. <laughs> Jerk off feverishly at the... <laughs> So they tried. They tried adapting. Wait, the- they they tried the monkey. No, no, they tried adapting like the costume to make the monkey more relaxed on set, uh, but then like the, the the poor monkey felt like uncomfortable and just stood there. <laughs> like, much like Van Damme. <laughs> Meanwhile, they look at each other. Should hide a fucking non-union oh monkey. My god, oh my god! Both the monkey and Jean Claude were fired from the project. <laughs> <laughs> there was no word as to which was on the higher salary at the time. Uh, fuck off. And the monkey you rode in on. The monkey jumps on Van Damme's back. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> Come on, Bobo. We'll do the splits wherever we want. <laughs> now, once Stan Winston was on board, thank God. Yeah. Oh, and the monkey was finally off the set. <laughs> the new and the new creature was created. Stan Winston realized they couldn't make the mistake the last team had and hire <laughs> such a small actor to play an imposing predator. Stan Winston's in the production meeting, just quietly crossing things out on his notes. Monkey, <laughs> <laughs> scribble, scribble, scribble. Oh, not only that, <laughs> uh, they had to be standing around uh, men that were six and a half feet tall. So the actor Kevin Peter Hall was hired. Standing at seven feet two, Kevin was imposing even without the costume. Kevin had just finished working as the character of Bigfoot Harry in the film Harry and the Hendersons. Iconic. (laughs) So so technically they kind of got a monkey again. (laughs) Yeah, from one monkey to another. Uh, Why don't we get a really big one? We'll get a really big monkey. That's where we went wrong. Not the fact that it was a monkey. Uh, we get a guy who played a big monkey. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <coughs> uh, boy, how he must have missed the set of Harry and the Hendersons. Because suddenly he found himself running through the jungles of Mexico in a full body costume that was almost impossible to see out of. Oh, Jesus. Kevin had to practice his scenes without the head of the costume so he could memorise the location, memorise where he would step and leap. Then when the cameras would roll, he would just leap and run in the hope that he had remembered his steps correctly. Fuck. Kevin was a true professional. And consider he is running through the jungles of Mexico. And this did work, except for the one scene where the predator... Bitch slaps Arnold. Kevin got the distance wrong and actually bitch slaps Arnold across the face. Oh, wow. That's why Arnold looks so stunned. (laughs) Kevin gets to make a cameo in the Predator movie, though. Um, At the very end of the movie, when the chopper arrives to collect Dutch, Kevin is one of the two 
pilots at the end who collect him. Oh, beautiful. Not the one with the moustache, if you rush to go and see it, the other one. Okay. Yeah. Another iconic aspect of the Predator is their fluorescent green blood. Yeah. Which is remarkably unadvanced. Really? Mm-hmm. I've drunk enough to think that I've possibly had that blood before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is simply a, com- a combination of two liquids. Okay. Can you guess what they are? Ugh. You should guess one because it's it's always for every special effect. Oh, well, it's got to be KY jelly. It's KY jelly. <laughs> they make it sexual lubricant. Yes. And the inside of fluorescent green glow sticks. That's all it was? That's all it was. There you go. Uh, but fresh batches had to be made up constantly because the blood would lose its fluorescent glow quite quickly. Imagine being that showrunner who's got to keep going back into town to the local <laughs> local bloody store. And it's like, they ordered a monkey and 40 barrels of sex lube. <laughs> and some glow sticks. What the <laughs> is going on out there <laughs> it's a very very good rave oh my god then the <laughs> monkey just disappears one day mm-hmm. oh my lord now one of the benefits of having the most macho cast on earth was their macho continuously pushed everyone to be in the best shape of their lives Arnold even had specialist exercise equipment flown over to Mexico to help them train can't use any of those Mexican weights. <laughs> the cast were so macho, they would all get up at 3am to train and lift weights before their 10 hours of trudging through the jungle each day. Oh my God. It was a race to see who could be in the gym and working out before anyone else arrived. Healthy. (laughs) Wait for it. Once Ventura raced down to the gym and then covered himself in water just before Arnold entered to give the illusion that he had in fact been up and working out for hours already (laughs) to psych the Austrian out. (laughs) All except Carl Weathers, who never trained with any of the others. Really? This was because he wanted to intimidate the others by trying to make them think he didn't really work out much. He was just naturally blessed with his ripped physique. But he did train. He trained every day. He just did it in a separate gym to the others. There you go. Uh, Even still, all of the cast members lost weight on set. Not only were they dealing with sweating, running and fighting in the heat of the Mexican jungle all day. Yeah. But there was also the constant diarrhea. I was gonna. I didn't want to be that guy who just said, "Was it the Mexican food?" I wasn't the Mexican food. Right. They would discover near the end of production that there was a problem with the hotel's water filtration system. Oh no! Including that going to you know taps, showers, everything, oh, no. which gave everyone, the cast, and the crew. The runs pretty much all of the time. Oh, no. Just remember that next time you watch the movie, those steely grimaces were 100% real. (laughs) Arnold lost 25 kilos on set. That's a lot of shits. That's a lot of shits for a man who's almost no body fat. (laughs) But can you imagine that, like, 
out, you're out in full combat fatigues in the Mexican heat, mm. just shitting your life force out every day. And they were on set. You would have just been just shitting in the trees. God damn. Oh, my God. At least they didn't probably have to spend too much money making all that mund. <laughs> at the end of the picture. No wonder that monkey didn't want to work with them. I know. Even, even the, like, the monkey's like, union was just like, we will not work in these conditions. It's a diarrhea festival. Oh my God. Do you think monkey maybe the monkey sabotaged the Walter <laughs> French Asian system? <laughs> I'll show you. Fuck bro. these guys. <laughs> uh, now, in total, the filming of Predator ran from March t- t- of 1986 to June of 1986. During that time, Arnold took four days off to marry and honeymoon with Maria Shiver. Oh. <clears throat> Predator was released on the 12th of June, 1987, and went to number one at the box office, grossing $12 million in its first week. Jesus, that's all right. The film grossed $98,267,500 million. Thousand five hundred and fifty-eight dollars worldwide. Pretty good. At its opening release. Oh, that was its opening release. That was its opening release. Right. Um, not bad for a fifteen million dollar budget. Fucking oath. Uh huh. So just yeah, that's what you just made. Oh, I'm going to cinemas. I've just made. But damn. Wow. Fifteen million dollar budget. Yeah. Fuck. They, yeah. must, they didn't pay people much. They really didn't. No, Mexican crew and monkeys. Yeah, seriously. Wow. Oh. Uh, now, what can only be described as idiots and people who hate freedom and justice and liberty and kittens at the time gave reviews such as, quote, grisly and dull with few surprises. Oh, what? And, quote, oh, get, get, how much was this guy, like, tweaking his own dick when he typed this out? Quote, The militarised monster movie tires its own derivative weight. Mm. Fuck off. Fucking wanker. There's a reason you've never known the love of a woman. <laughs> He's only known the love of that monkey. Oh, my God. And, quote, Arguably one of the emptiest, feeblest, most derivative scripts ever made as a major studio movie. Get fucked. Derivative of what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. The film is now seen as one of the best of its genre. And the film was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Special Effects, but lost to the film Inner Space with Dennis Quaid. Really? Yes. It lost to Inner Space. It lost to Inner Space, where... Is it Martin? Sh- no, Dennis Quaid gets shrunk and put inside Martin Short. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> I know. Oh my god! And while I was while I was doing the research for this, it was talking about and let's talk about it. One of the like most iconic scenes of Predator um, is, of course, the scene where Jesse Ventura gets shot by the Predator. Yeah. And then Bill Duke comes out and unloads the minigun onto the jungle. Yeah. And then basically everybody else, every all of them like run into the same thing and they just keep firing every weapon known to man yeah. at the jungle and just deforest the jungle. Yeah. Um, later, um, McTiernan actually uh, said in an interview, is like when he made that scene was what he was trying to convey 
uh, basically was the impotence of guns. Yeah. You know, because like everyone's always like, oh, it's all guns, guns, guns. But look at these guys. They've got all the guns. They shoot all of those bullets. And they hit nothing. Not a goddamn thing. Yeah. But ironically, it is the most pro-gun scene <laughs> in any movie ever. I like oh my god. I watch that scene. I get such a hard on. Yeah. And I and I'm just like one of my goals in life is to have enough money that one day me and my friends will be able to take assault rifles, a minigun and grenade launchers to a piece of jungle that we will buy and we will deforest it by spending five minutes shooting everything until they run dry into the jungle. Wow. This is this is a vegan on food poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on. You can't like come on. That's like <clears throat> it's so cool. You can't tell me you don't want to like deforest a jungle like when you watch that scene. Oh of course, you know, but I'm I'm never gonna do it. <sighs> this is this the problem between you and I. I'm a dreamer. Alright, I have dreams. Be a dreamer. Where are you even going to get a handheld minigun? Fucking Mexico. <laughs> I'm going to get a fucking handheld. You know what? I'm going to get the monkey a little mini handheld <laughs> machine gun. Fucking just that's it. Just the difference between you and me. I've got dreams, man. <laughs> dreams. Oh. Why but- waste it on a forest? Just go back to your office. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the whole thing down. Oh my god! Clean the fucking photocopier, Jim. Uh, so what happened to the cast and crew of Predator? Okay. Well, next time you watch the movie, appreciate the fact that you were watching not one but two future governors in action. Yes. Arnie would become the governor of California in two thousand and three, but <laughs> that was after Jesse Ventura became the governor of Minnesota in nineteen ninety eight. His campaign was directed towards younger MTV voters. But once elected, he proved he was less about partying and more about reforming Minnesota's property tax. (laughs) Gotcha. (laughs) He introduced the state's first sales tax rebate. He constructed light rail and introduced income tax cuts. It was almost three future governors as Sonny Landham tried twice between 2003 and 2005, to run for office as the governor of Kentucky, once as a Republican and once as an independent, but never succeeded. Then in June 2008, Sonny attempted to run for the US Senate as a candidate for the Libertarian Party. Okay. But by the end of July, (laughs) so this was in June, okay, where he said he was going to do it. Yep. In 2008. Yep. By the end of July 2008, the Libertarians withdrew their support of Sonny. Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> After live on air, Sonny called for genocide against... <clears throat> for s- okay. The, I, I, <laughs> these are not me saying these things. No. Okay. The, these, these are... <sighs> Arabs are camel jockeys. These are his quotes. And camel dung shovelers. And he used the term ragheads. Oh, Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. Fuck. They decided he was not uh, US Senate material. No, that's presidential material. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> the problem was he wasn't <laughs> aiming high enough. <laughs> Be a dreamer. Wow. Oh. Uh, Richard Chavez, who is also of Cherokee descent. Yeah. Now, he played uh, Pancho Ramirez. He's the skinny guy who gets shot and Arnie has to carry at the end of the movie and yep. is like, I can make it. Yeah. Who, by the way, he's the one I have the crush on. Really? When I watch Predator. I mean, Arnie, obviously. Yeah. yeah. But I have such a crush on him. I think he's so good looking. There you go. I hit that. Um, he, uh, he had also served in the US Army and it actually served three years in Vietnam. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, he went on to TV success after Predator, starring in an adaption of War of the Worlds, where it was said he received more fan mail than his co-stars at the rate of five to one. Hello. I know. Oh, he's so good looking. <laughs> um, where he was actually paying um, like an Indian chief. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but later in the late 90s was stalked by an obsessed fan. Under the advisement from law enforcement officers, he decided the best way to keep his family and friends safe was to withdraw from public life and he stopped attending conventions and events open to the public for over a, for over a decade. Oh, wow. Because it was like a crazy obsessed, like, I'm going to kill you, I'm going to kill everyone you know, kind of. Fuck. Yeah. So he just withdrew from public life. Could have covered himself in mud, set a trap. <laughs> just yeah, lured them in. <laughs> I know. And I was like spewing. I'm like, oh, because I find him so attractive. I, I wish he was in more stuff that yeah. I could like go back. Oh, and, that sucks. I know. Good actor too. Very good actor. Oh. Now, Kevin Peter Hall would again reprise his role as the Predator in the sequel, Predator 2. Yeah. He also plays one of the elder predators at the end of the film and was almost cast as Geordie LaForge in Star Trek The Next Generation. Mind blown. He would have been a massive, massive Geordie. I think the problem was that he would have made Worf the Klingon look like a tiny little shrimp. Yeah. Because he was just so big. A little bit of a side note. Do you know who was also considered for the role of Geordie Geordi La, uh, LaForge? No. Um, another um, African-American actor. Right. Uh, not well known at the time. Wesley Snipes. No shit. Wesley Snipes. Blade. Imagine Geordie LaForge trying to sneak some karate moves in. <laughs> oh, completely. Just either way, just mind blown. That's a completely different character. Wow. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Wesley Snipes. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. Have you seen him in uh, My Name is Dolomite? No. Steals the movie. Oh. He's so good. Oh, well, there's... Oh, Dolomite oh. is my name. Sorry. Okay. And yeah. the um, to Wong Fu, Thank You for Everything, Love Julie Newmar, where he plays like a drag queen. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah. He's and, a great actor. And he's just co-written a book. Has he? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, so, after being turned down for Star Trek The Next Generation, although he is in one episode as like a guest actor. Okay. He just yeah. plays a very tall alien. <laughs> Uh, Kevin then reprised his role inside the Bigfoot costume as Harry during the TV adaption of Harry and the Hendersons. 
However, during this time, he made public the fact that during surgery after a car accident, Kevin had received contaminated blood through a transfusion and had contracted HIV. He passed away from AIDS-related pneumonia just one month short of his 36th birthday. Oh, fuck. He was young. In 1991. Oh, man. Yeah. How sad is that? That's and fucked. every article I read, everyone just talked about just how much of an absolute gentleman he was. Oh, just such a, a lovely man. Always takes the good ones. Now, one of the darkest horses of the Predator cast was its tiniest cast member, other than the monkey. <laughs> The bad joke radio operator Hawkins, played by Shane Black. Yes. Now, does that name kind of ring a bell to you? Maybe? Yes, possibly. it does. Yes. Just a little bit? Mm. Oh. Um, well, obviously, because you love 80s action, so you've got to love this guy, because Shane Black is the writer who created 80s icons, Riggs and Murta. Really? Yes! Just before Predator, Shane Black landed a Hollywood agent for his screenwriting and had lunch meetings with several different parties, including 20th Century Fox, who wanted Shane to rewrite scripts for them. Uh, he was also brought in... Uh, there's a common thing that they, they do in, like, you know, in Hollywood for, like, TVs or movies. Basically, you know, they'll bring in... Um, you script punch-up. Yeah, script punch-up. You know, like, comedians to sort of, you know, uh, you know, or... Yeah, Quentin Tarantino used to do the same thing before he became Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Just to, you know, bump up the script um, and sort of take it to the next level. It's sort of uncredited, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, studios wanted Shane to rewrite scripts for them. Um, however, it was his script called Lethal Weapon that Shane wrote in six weeks God damn. that scored him a quarter of a million dollar deal with Warner Brothers. This is back in the 80s. Yeah, that's, that's good money now. Yeah. Shane was also uh, brought in to make uncredited script contributions to a little movie called Predator. Ah. It was at this time Shane asked producer Joel Silver for a small role in mm. the film as well. And the role of Hawkins was cast. There you go. Um, just on a side note, all of his like dirty little pussy jokes, that is all Shane Black. <laughs> he wrote all his own pussy jokes. Very Norm MacDonald in his delivery too. Oh, <laughs> just as big as a house. <laughs> Jeez, you got a big pussy. Jeez, you got a big pussy. <sighs> he also wrote the script for Lethal Weapon 2, but... It was not used because it was considered, amongst other things, too violent. Really? It also killed off Riggs at the end of the film. Well. And obviously the studio was like, oh my God, you're, get away from our cash cow. Exactly. <laughs> he then went on to write The Last Boy Scout and The Long Kiss Goodnight. He would also go on to direct Iron Man 3, the fifth highest grossing film of all time. Yeah. And in 2018, he directed... Wait for it. A little film he co-wrote called The Predator. Yeah. And that's why I was so excited when they announced he was going to do it because mm. I was such, I'm was such i a huge fan of Iron Man 3. Yeah. And fuck yeah. me. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, see, I, 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 <laughs> I don't think The Predator is the worst movie ever made. No. Like, it, it's, it's better than the AVPs. 
Oh, without a doubt. Hands down. Yeah. I mean, it's not the Predator, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I'm quite a fan of Adrian Brody and Predators. I thought that film mm. was good. Well, except for Lawrence Fishburne. I hate Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah, I do too. I but he's he, a jerk. He got a good ending. Yeah. yeah. Jerk. <laughs> you know what? I'd fire him before I'd fire them. What's wrong with Morpheus? Oh, fucking twat. Really? Well, no, what's your problem? He's a twat. Okay. Yeah. Has he done things? Yeah. Oh. I've just been a jerk. Has he? Yeah. When he was in Australia for The Matrix, everyone was just saying what a jerk he was. Oh. Just been a jerk. But like, basically, he was just being like, a, well, the story, you know, allegedly, people would say that, like, basically, he'd just be like a jerk on, on set. And then was like, and then so then, you know, because, you know, as you know what Australians are like, if you're a dick, we'll be yeah. like, fuck you, mate. Yeah. So he was basically trying to throw his weight around and be like, oh my God, I'm Lawrence Fishburne. And everyone's like, get your hand off it, you dick. <laughs> and he was like, how do you say that? It's because I'm black, isn't it? Uh, okay. And they were like, no, it's because you're a fucking dick, no. mate. You're a dick. I mean, don't get us wrong. Australia's fucking racist. Yeah. Like, racist. <laughs> Yeah. If you're a dick, you're a dick. Yeah. And then he went and then he was like on TV bag in Australia saying how shit we were. Oh, fair enough. So I was like, fuck you. Yeah, that's a bit shit. Yeah. Um, well, fuck him then. Yeah. Fuck him. <laughs> oh. Now, would you believe, however, Shane Black doesn't even have the most interesting of fates for the cast and crew? This title goes to the film's director, John McTiernan. Right. Okay. John McTiernan, of course, legendary director of Predator and Die Hard. Yes. The Hunt for Red October and Die Hard with a Vengeance. Now, you're probably thinking, oh my Lord, this man makes the greatest Christmas action movies in the world. (laughs) Why does it feel like it's been so long since I have pulled on my elf socks, strapped on my Santa hat and been barred up with a brand new John McTiernan Christmas movie? Does it feel like it's been forever? It does. What's happened to this man? Two words. Federal. Oh, no. Prison. No. What's he done? One word. Rollerball. What? Around August in the year 2000, John McTiernan was preparing to remake the 1975 James Caan movie, Rollerball. Yeah. It's a futuristic action film where the the world's ruled by corporations and supercomputers and human life has no value. Great movie. Roller derby is roller derby skating mixed with ice hockey and motorcycles. Yeah. And a bit more death. Yeah. (laughs) Now... John McTiernan was in heated arguments with the film's producer as McTiernan wanted to focus less on the political and humanitarian messages of the original film and focus more on the actual action of the rollerball tournament itself. Nice. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, forget the political message. I know they're going to stop playing rollerball and they're just going to fire all these guns at the jungle. <laughs> These are the conversations that were had when they were rebooting RoboCop. Let's take all the satire (laughs) and bin it and just make it about a guy who's a robot. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. No. Like, we're totally on the cutting edge because we'll make him black. I mean, you know, painted on, of course. (laughs) (sighs) So, he was in heated arguments with the film's producers. So, John McTiernan hired a private investigator to illegally wiretap the phones 
of the film's producer. Oh, good God. Later in divorce proceedings with his wife, McTiernan's ex-wife claimed that McTiernan illegally wiretapped phone conversations between her and her divorce attorney. Oh, my God. Once you get a taste of it, that's it. Oh, no. McTiernan was approached later by the FBI who questioned him in regard to the wiretapping and McTiernan denied the charges. But they continued to pursue the investigation. (sighs) And on April the 17th, 2006, McTiernan pleaded guilty in a plea bargain for lenient treatment for his cooperation regarding the wiretapping. However, the FBI felt that uh, John was lying to them. So they sought a prison sentence. So McTiernan then fired his counsel and attempted to withdraw his guilty plea. Oh, no. This was denied by the judge who sentenced him to four months in prison and $100,000 in fines plus costs. You think, wow, that's pretty light for, you know, wiretapping. Yeah. However, he was allowed to remain free until his appeal was heard. In October 2008, the appeals court ruled that McTiernan could withdraw his guilty plea. So as the case was now reopened, the FBI now added additional charges. Oh, dear. Including two counts of lying to the FBI and one count of perjury to the courts, as well as the wiretapping. Now, instead of looking at four months in prison, McTiernan was looking at five years. Oh, Jesus. So, McTiernan once again entered a guilty plea for leniency. (laughs) (laughs) This time, the judge sentenced McTiernan to 12 months in prison, (sighs) followed by three years of probation, plus $100,000 in fines, plus costs. That pretty, like, four months is looking so sweet. And the other thing is, this is, like, two years later. If he had just done the four months. Yeah. So, on April the 3rd, 2013, it's like seven years after the investigation began, McTiernan surrendered himself to federal prison. Although, when I say federal prison, he served his time at, and this is what it's actually called, federal prison camp. Yankton, South Dakota. Right. It is a former college campus (laughs) that has been converted to a minimum security prison that holds approximately 800 white-collar prisoners. Ah, emphasis on the white. Forbes magazine named it in the top 10 of America's cushiest prisons, (laughs) where the mostly white-collar inmates can take classes... To pass the time in accounting, business administration, and business management. No business in ethics lectures, I noticed. But McTiernan still found incarceration tough and lost 14 kilos and became very depressed. Oh, it's like he was in the Mexican jungle all over again. Mm, But without a monkey. You However, know, in those federal prisons, you never know. You never know. Well, not in this prison. It's pretty cushy. They're smuggling in monkeys. <laughs> However, he did manage to write a sequel to the Thomas Crown Affair. <laughs> After serving 328 days inside, I know it's not exactly, it's like, you know, there are people who go to prison and are like brutalized. Um, yeah. What'd you do? I wrote the sequel to the Thomas Crown Affair. It was awful. It made me very depressed. <laughs> And I did a course in macrame. 
After serving 328 days inside, he was released on February the 25th, 2014, to serve the rest of his time under house arrest. (laughs) But by this time, his bills had mounted into quite the pile of debt. Between his legal bills, tax debts, divorce, and a car accident that he had in 2011 while out (laughs) fighting the charges... The bank that held the mortgage on his property demanded that the director's assets be liquidated. McTiernan's lawyers fought this, which only increased his debts. And the court ordered that his assets be liquidated. Oh, dear. An administrator was put in place to handle his film royalty payments until all debts had been satisfied. Wow. So, if it bleeds, we can put an administrator in place. (laughs) Then, recently, in the 2000s, Jim and John Thomas have taken legal action against Disney, who, of course, when they bought 20th Century Fox, uh, got the rights to Predator. Right. Uh, Jim and uh, John Thomas, the brothers, are now fighting to regain control uh, of the Predator. Yeah, because they don't want, like, a Daryl Hannah splash Anything mm. like that happening to it where they extended the hair so you couldn't see her bum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so that is currently, that has been sort of back and forth uh, between uh, uh, court proceedings and private conversations between Jim and John Thomas and Disney. There you go. Mm. There's a lot more to the movie than, uh, than you realised. Yeah, and good luck to them because we know that Disney play fair. <laughs> Just ask Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> So yeah, and considering there is a there is a new Predator movie coming out soon, um, yes, you know let let let's let's hope it's back to the original quality. Of Hopefully, the first one. yeah. So what, what's what's the teaser they're saying that it's the um, the story of Predator's first landing on Earth? Mm. That's what they're saying. So it could mm. be fucking any time. Yeah, I know. It's like it's like oh, are we talking law or are we talking Jim Hopper in the <laughs> chopper? <laughs> oh my god! But what's your, what's your favorite scene of Predator? Favorite scene of Predator? Jesus. Um, look, it'd probably have to be the. Um, uh, well, I mean, you've you've mentioned the shooting the jungle bit. Probably, I remember as a kid being blown away and mm. by, and being absolutely terrified by Arnie falling into the water, swimming, mm. just completely fucking exhausted, dragging himself up in the mud, and then seeing the Predator for the first time. Because I remember seeing that effect mm-hmm. and being blown away. Yeah. Yeah, because when you reveal a monster like that, it's got to be pretty good, and that reveal was awesome. Oh, it's so. And there's something like if you the actual like the predator for that whole film only has is only on screen for about seven minutes. Yeah, where you can actually see the predator. Um, thank God for Stan Winston. Yeah, <laughs> can you imagine if he plops down and it's a red floppy <laughs> lobster? <laughs> we, we see it coming towards you, and you're like, "Is that a monkey?" <laughs> oh my god but yeah um, all I know is you know at least no one's tried to fucking remake it thank fuck oh my god and you know what if Ridley Scott starts sniffing around this fucking just burn the place to the ground absolutely no keep him well away from it but if they give it to Neil Blomkamp oh I'd be very happy oh you know what that's kind of giving me a boner yeah that guy should just make everything yeah he really should yeah, yeah. and the yeah but uh, so that's a, a little look at Predator. Still one of the 
greatest yeah. you know action movies ever made and the source of many a boner. <laughs> to boners. To boners. Woo! <laughs> and little monkeys. Little monkey boners. <laughs> oh, you had to make it weird. Oh, that's what I do. Every fucking episode. And we're thinking about doing this live. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? We're going to have to bring your ever-suffering girlfriend, Lou, along at every time you just talk about bestiality in any way, shape, or form. She's just going to have to sit there with a... ha ha Fucking hell. Oh. Yeah. On that note... I had a new catchphrase and I forgot it. Look at the dick! Look at the dick! I like that. <laughs> And you know what? It works with a predator too. It does look at the dick. Get to the chopper. I can't. I'm looking at, at the, the dick. dick. <laughs> FYI, that wasn't a giant log that rolled in and smacked uh, Ramirez off his feet. 100% predator cock. <laughs> it's cock squatch. Uh, look at the dick. I'm pressing stop. <laughs> Please do.